Hello and welcome everybody to All My Ex Podcast. This is episode number 14. I'm recording this on September the 29th, 2020. Uh, I'm going to go over some news that happened this week. wasn't as much compared to last week's big bomb for Microsoft, but some things, as always, pop up. So I'll talk about that, whatever I can think of, kind of off the cuff today, uh, mostly because I've like I stated a few weeks ago, I'm back to work in, so I don't have as much time um, necessarily to record and everything. So anyway, um, also, as I stated last week, I said I would like to get into a little more some other pop culture stuff, not just video games, simply because I love video games, but I also love pop culture, and I don't want to limit myself to just one, one topic because it seems kind of... You know, I want to get pigeonholed. So I'm going to I'm gonna try it. You know, we'll see. Got some more views this week, so that's kind of nice. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody who's been listening. I hope to you continue to listen and really want some feedback from anybody on my X17 at Gmail or on my X17 uh, at Twitter. So send me an email about anything, things you'd like me to talk about, discuss, anything whatsoever. All right, so... I will get to more news essentially from that big bomb that Microsoft dropped last week. They stated that uh, they're going to be obviously buying ZeniMax, which owns Bethesda and all those other studios within them. They make games such as Doom, um, Arcane that makes Dishonored, uh, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, huge games. So that was massive news. Since then, they haven't discussed too much about uh, they did a little bit more, but discussed what exactly that means as far as games coming to what systems and whatnot. Uh, Phil Spencer said it, it's going to be a game by game basis. So that to me, it's funny because if, if Sony had bought those, uh, actually let me go back. I watched some other videos on YouTube. There's this funny, funny YouTuber. I like him a lot. Uh, Griffin gaming. And he highlights these two specific YouTubers who were, uh, just PS5 fanboys, and anybody that's a fanboy of a piece of plastic on either side is just is lame. I think that's you know you should be critical of both all sides and look at it objectively and be able to decide on what's good. But to sit there and just you know be obsessed with your side is kind of silly. I I try to be agnostic with it and objective. Sometimes I'm not, but I sure try. But um, so anyway, <laughs> there were some some of these you know. Uh, Sony fanboys just losing their ass over the fact that Microsoft bought Bethesda. One of them was just saying, basically trashing like, "Oh, it's not, it's not fair," and you know, how can they do that? And you know, Sony and Nintendo took years to build up studios and make good games, and Microsoft just buys them. And it's like, oh, heaven forbid, your company that has the money to do it, literal trillion dollar company, just buys it. Like, why wouldn't you do that if you could? And, um, and so it's just pretty funny and you know, damn well, if it was the opposite, these fanboys, if Sony had purchased the, the Bethesda, they'd be losing their crap saying, Oh my God, Xbox is done. RIP all that, you know, stupid fanboy crap. So I just think it's pretty funny how, uh, how these things end up working out. But, uh, <laughs> the other funny thing too, is because we were still not quite sure what, um, the, the games are going to be where, uh, you know, the thought that's 
that certain games, like there's no Elder Scrolls or Fallout on a on a Sony console, would be very be very odd. But you know, it's, if Sony had bought it, you know damn well everything would be exclusive. They wouldn't release a single game on anything but their console. So it's just funny. Whereas Microsoft, a little more consumer friendly, a little more open to that. Um, I mean, even the the Death Loop game that's coming exclusively to PS5. Well, right now, anyway. Now it'll obviously come to Xbox at some point. And Ghostwire Tokyo, I believe it's called. Uh, one's from Arcane, Deathloop. I can't remember who makes the other one. But it, both of those are under the ZeniMax, which Microsoft now owns. They're obviously going to honor that deal and let let those games appear exclusively on the PS5, which is very good. I mean, it's kind of... Uh, they don't have to. I mean, at this point, if they really wanted to, I mean, maybe there's some... Uh, uh, some legal stuff that they weren't able to, like if they really wanted to take it, they couldn't. But for the most part, I believe they probably could have taken it. They could have said, screw you, Sony. This is ours now. You can't have these games. But they're not. They're going to honor those deals because that's, again, the more pro-consumer thing that Microsoft does. And another sidebar, that's maybe why if I come off as a uh, Microsoft fanboy, I might sound that way because it seems to me that everything they do is so much more pro-consumer that that and me being a consumer slash customer, I like that. I like everything they've done with that. So maybe that's why I'm, I might sound more like a homer. But I, again, like I said, I try to remain fairly objective. But um, but yeah, so it, it'll be interesting. I think if Microsoft was smart, they would keep Starfield exclusive. Uh, there were some leaked screenshots of that too that had were allegedly from a 2018 build of the game. And, you know, you see some guy in space with a suit and it can't really see much, to be honest. And some people put, you know, half-hour videos of them analyzing three screenshots. So, you know, I'm going to spend 30 seconds talking about it because there's really not much to see. You know, it looks like a space game. So, I mean, what are you going to say about it? So, but, uh, so yeah, there's that. I would think that that should be exclusive. Um, it would be a really big, you know, stab in the back if they kept... Uh, or punch the face, whatever. If Microsoft kept Elder Scrolls or Fallout exclusive, those games make so much money that it'd be hard from a financial standpoint to do it. But because it's not just for Xbox, it'd be for PC as well. You still get a lot of customers. So I still think those games, if anything, one or both of those will be exclusive to Microsoft's garden. If anything, timed exclusive, like maybe a year or two years or, you know, whatever time, probably a year. Cause then that way they get the initial buy for people. And then after that, you know, it's fine. But, uh, the funny thing too is, you know, again, some Sony people that try to don't like it, defend Sony. And it's funny cause they, they do, I mean, like Insomniac paying them 200 million to make a game exclusive for the system and they buy the company. Right. And then like all these call of duty deals, they just had the alpha for it last week and two weekends ago after their event. They paid Activision to do that, basically saying, "Hey, we're going to give you this money to do to make sure you do not release this on the other console." So it's no different at all. It's no different at all, and it's just funny because you got to think logically about these things. But fan is short for fanatic, and you know when you get a fan boy or girl, fan person, they're not going to be able to see that stuff very clearly. So that's just how it works. So, um. But anyway, so that was that. No, no other real updates about that. Um, 
And, uh, oh, what was that? Oh, yeah. So the other thing they announced, Microsoft, and you can pre-order. Uh, I, I don't know if I said this last week, but you can pre-order Halo Infinite, which is kind of funny, but it's only 60 bucks. Uh, which, again, that's the other thing, too, is Sony games, that's the biggest draw with, especially with this Bethesda thing now, is they could even, they could still release a game on, like, let's say Elder Scrolls, the next one, on Sony's consoles. But if it's in Game Pass Day 1, if you're a consumer, you go, huh, if I, let's, if you're before you bought a console, of course, if you go, if I buy this console and I know this game is ex- exclusive to Microsoft, I could pay, like, the $10 a month. I'm sure there's other deals for it too for Game Pass to get this game. Or I can pay 70 full price for it to play on Sony, right? So they could still do that, simultaneously release it. But because Game Pass is so enticing, you almost want to go that way. You know, I mean, it's almost, it, it, it seems almost like a no-brainer. I don't feel bad for hardcore fanboys going to cry and bitch complain about it not being on Sony. But I do feel bad for like most people, which most people are this way, normal, that just buy a console because they like certain games or the controller, whatever the reason may be, and they might be SOL. But that's how exclusives work, you know? I mean, every Mario game, if you don't like platforms, I get it, but every Nintendo game, if you look at the top 10 NPD, top 20 uh, sold, like for the last however many years, it, it's their nine of them, nine to 10, eight to 10, it, it, they're Nintendo games. Nintendo just... They make good exclusive games, and that's why you buy their system. And that's just the nature of exclusives. I mean, so it's kind of hard to get necessarily get mad at it. I mean, you might not like it, but that's that's the whole point. Because otherwise, you just get a PC and play everything on there, right? I mean, if you really, that's kind of the way it goes. So, uh, I mean, it's just kind of funny to get that mad about it. But again, that's a fanboy thing. But so moving on from there, Microsoft also. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. God, I got sidetracked. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> the games. So Microsoft first-party games, and their games are going to be 60 bucks. whereas the uh, you know, Mike, uh, Sony games are 70 They straight up said all our first-party games are going to be 70 bucks, And it's like, I don't know. It just seems crazy to me how they can do that. And again, they're just, you know, just seems like a better deal to go get. And third-party games, I don't know how that's going to work because... That's coming up the developer, I guess. But I mean, if that's mostly what you care about and you don't care about exclusives as much, at least right now, then you would probably want a Series X only because the third-party games will run better. They just will. The console is more powerful. So, but again, it's all preference. Doesn't really matter that much. So, but Microsoft, I get to my point. I tried to get to uh, also release the price for their expandable, basically memory cards which are just mini SSDs, uh, 220 bucks for a one terabyte expansion, essentially. And it goes in that slot in the back, and you need that to run your next-gen games on because the next-gen games are need that, are all utilize the NVMe. And so you can run games from your an external hard drive via USB 3.0, all your Xbox One games, but they will run slower. And that brings me to another point. So just wrap it up. They're 220 bucks. It's pretty expensive, obviously, but I mean, that's a lot. Uh, it's a whole terabyte and a small thing. Kind of a rip, but you know, I mean, 
Sony's going to be the same way, I believe. I know it's expandable hard drive. You can just take it out. But, I mean, to get that special hard drive, the same typical similar NVMe, it's going to be expensive too. So it's not – that's just the nature of the game. Um, but uh, that's the other thing that happened. Big news, I guess, this week was that Microsoft sent out a bunch of preview Xbox Series X units to some journalists. So IGN, The Verge, and, and uh, Digital Foundry, they've all got pieces on it. Some of them are a little bit better than others. Uh, I have watched the uh, Digital Foundry's big explanation about um, cross-gen games, and, uh, or uh, yeah, old games. And essentially, uh, what they said was pretty, uh, pretty impressive. And so they were able to, they weren't, didn't get any, next-gen games to test, but they were able to test a bunch of Xbox One and some 360 back compat games and test load times and the quick resume and everything. And all the outlets basically just said how amazing it was. Um, they said, uh, like, I think I believe it was The Verge that said, it's like going from dial-up to broadband, the the speed with downloading, or uh, I'm sorry, loading into things. Uh, they, there's a bunch of examples you have to go online, but there's some, like, you see a Thieves on an Xbox One X took, like, a minute 21 just to load in, whereas on the Series X, it took 20 seconds. Uh, Red Dead 2 took the same thing, like, a minute 45. It took 30 to load in, and it's just, it's incredible. They said it's incredible, and what's really incredible about it is that some old games, like GTA 4, there's AI learning within the systems, in the console, that adds HDR to the games. So it's all being done on the AI level. The developers haven't done anything. And that goes with all of these back and pad games that they essentially put uh, uh, the AI is enhancing these games and making them run at better frame rate. Um, and, and if a developer goes in and chooses like Red Dead decides to go, okay, well, we can, because the system is so much better, we can basically make this like the PC version. They could go in and unlock it and make sure it runs it you know, 60 plus frames and not just stuck at 60. So uh, the only thing is, is a lot of those games, they're locked. So they, they're like locked in a 30 frames mode, like there's performance mode or the high res mode. So 4K, like 30 frames type of thing. And so it's kind of hard to get a test according to Digital Foundry. But what they were able to see is games ran just so much better. We're able to hit 60 that we're able to. And uh, it's just massive, massive improvement. So that's all good to hear to know that day one, you can just pop in an old game and it, the system itself will just make it work. And imagine then if a company goes in and decides to actually enhance it themselves, like example, I would think make Apex. I mean, I don't know if that game runs 60 on the Xbox One X, but it definitely has some screen tearing and I, it just seems a little chunky. And maybe that's just the their goofy servers have a goofy tick rate. My friend and I, have, we've complained about that, how you'll be behind a wall and you on your screen, but their screen you're not because of the, the tick rate and the goofy server. So it might not fix it, but, you know, um, just any of these games, just make them feel better. And if a developer goes in to change it, that's incredible. So uh, pretty good news, I'd say. Uh, interesting they didn't have any next games to show off, but... Also, I think it's interesting they even gave out preview units that early, and they're not quite final, so I guess things could change between then and the actual console these websites will get, but we'll see. 
the other feature that they touted was the quick resume. So they were, again, all these websites and stuff were talking about uh, starting four to five games and being able to just go right back to another one. It just loads right back in and how incredible that actually worked. And it worked very well. And you can see video of it. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I mean, you can't do it with an open world multiplayer game like Sea of Thieves because that's a, you know, an open world game that's like live. So, but single player games, you go from Red Dead 2 to, I don't know, Sekiro or Control or anything like that. So I think that's pretty impressive. I think that's pretty cool. So, uh, we'll see though. I mean, it's still at a launch, for launch, there's not much there other than third party stuff, which those third party games are still essentially running on 8th gen hardware or made for 8th gen hardware rather and uh, so it's not going to be there'll be some pumps but it's not going to be a huge difference so um, yeah we'll see but speaking of not getting one to launch I had mine like I said and I felt I was trying to I was going to sell it I was toying with it back and forth and then I ended up just canceling it so it just ended up being kind of a pain in the butt I don't use uh, uh, eBay hardly at all, but I was trying to, to list it. And it was just being kind of a pain in the ass, so I just said, screw it. You know, I don't want to be like that person, that scalper, so I kind of just said, forget it. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get one by uh, whenever. And uh, so, yeah, actually it would be cool is if next year they came out with a version, which they won't because it won't be for at least two years, I'd imagine, before they came out with a new version of the console. But a discless Xbox Series X, make it a little bit cheaper. That would be pretty cool. But I don't think they'll do that. So, but anyway, uh, moving on from there, some of the other news is some a lot of retailers at Amazon and uh, GameStop have issued like sent emails to people who did pre-order both consoles, PS5 and Series X, that they may not receive them on launch day. Which, I remember when the Switch launched, a lot of people didn't get it on launch day either. Um, especially during the coof that we have now. It's not too surprising. So, but it does suck. If you pre-order your system, obviously you're excited, you want a day one. And you're not going to get it. So it's kind of, kind of crappy. But, um, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes. And in this world, especially with, with everything and Amazon. I mean, I know for me personally, Amazon has... Uh, you know, you order something and it doesn't even get there. Like you have that the Amazon Prime, it's like the two days and such, and it doesn't get there for a week. And so it's just kind of crappy. So, you know, that's just the way it goes though. Can't really change it. Um, but yeah, it would definitely suck to to pre-order it, expecting to get it and um, not even getting it on launch day, maybe getting it a week later. So, but other than that, not much news. Uh, I think, let's see, what have I been playing? I haven't been playing much. I was kind of gone this weekend. Um, kind of toying with Mario 3D All-Stars again. I, I'm still going to hold strong. I'll probably, maybe during, I don't know, November, Thanksgiving break or something, maybe even Christmas break, I might have some moment of weakness where I will get it. You know, I'll be like, ah, why not? And just do it. But I might hate myself for doing so, but I might, especially because I'm not going to, there's no real games coming out except for that uh, Gods and Monsters Phoenix Rising or whatever it's called now. Uh, that might be cool, but that's not till December. So um, we shall see. 
but yeah, I haven't been playing much. Played a little bit of Spell Break. Uh, played some more Rogue Company. But nothing too much. Uh, oh, that's right. Donkey Kong Country 2 uh, released on Nintendo Switch Online. Love that game. One of the top five games. Just the music. Oh my gosh, it just brings you back. It is amazing. Uh, just phenomenal game. So I've been playing that and not much else. So hasn't really been many many new games uh, that I've been playing. And um, yeah, I haven't been playing too much. It's been kind of busy with life. So uh, anyway, so I'm going to try something different today. Um, like I said earlier, I'm going to discuss a little bit of maybe do some more pop culture stuff. Uh, again, we'll see how it goes. If you guys don't like it, you can let me know. Or if you do, let me know. But I'll just hit on some things. Um, one of the things is CBS. I don't know. I, I'm not that into Star Trek. I get that out of the way. I love Star Wars more, always have. But Star Trek's always been, you know, something I've liked. I remember being young and watching Star Trek Voyager when I was real young and watching it with my mom at night and then going to bed and thinking, oh man, seven of nine. Oof. Damn. She's a good looking woman. And, uh, (laughs) so that was my main, my main original, uh, liking for it. So I, uh, I like that. Um, but anyway, so I'm not, I haven't been that too into it. I loved all the movies. The next generation was amazing, but, uh, new Star Trek now, man, the movies from JJ, you know, the first one was okay, but it was just kind of nothing that special, kind of like Force Awakens. And then the second one into Darkness, where it was just rehashing Wrath of Khan, but not as good. It just kind of fell off. That Kelvin timeline thing just kind of, eh, it just, I don't know, just not that great. But there's the show. I remember the Discovery premiered three years ago. I think season three is starting soon. And I remember watching it was on CBS originally before they launched their CBS All Access crap. The first episode. And I remember watching going, oh, that's, that's, that's okay. It's not bad. It has the chick from that wasn't Walking Dead. And so I gave it a chance. But I'm just like, ah, it just doesn't seem, it seems kind of woke. And it, apparently it's got worse and it's just a terrible show. But either way, they released, they released it again because they have that show. They have the Lower Decks animated show, which is not good, allegedly. Again, I won't even watch it because I've just I've watched people who are really into Star Trek talk about it and say it's terrible. And uh, these are all in the CBS All Access. And so what they did was they re-released Discovery onto regular CBS to abysmal numbers. Nobody watched it, and so it's like nobody likes the Star Trek, and it's doing so poorly that that was supposed to be their driving force behind CBS All Access. Hey, this is a place to get Star Trek. And nobody likes it because they can't do a good job. This uh, Alec Kurtzman is the, you know, lord and savior of all of Star Trek. He's the one in charge, and he's apparently doing a terrible job. So uh, everything he touches is just garbage. It's, it's just like kind of woke stuff and just not funny and not what Star Trek was supposed to be. You know, Star Trek is supposed to be about like positivity and discovery and like deep thinking stuff. And now it's apparently turned into like dark and, you know, just like kind of more political, putting today's politics in the show from the future. It's just not, it's not that great. So, but anyway, they taught that that was released. It was terrible. So kind of just lends credence to, you know, maybe Kurtzman probably shouldn't be there, but, but yeah. Um, other than that, uh, 
I mean, obviously with pop culture, there's a ton of stuff you can go over. Um, but I'm just kind of starting a little bit and see see where it goes from there. Um, I'll leave it at that. Um, we'll see how that gestiates with you guys, if anybody likes it or not. Uh, I'll try to mix it in a little bit here and there. So, But uh, as usual, I want to thank everybody for listening. I do appreciate it. Please, as I said at the top of the show, send an email to onmyx17 at gmail.com or on my x17 at twitter let me know what you like what you don't like and again thank you for listening